0: God chose you to be the mother of your children, because you are unique and amazing, and He has called you, and He will equip you. So thank you for serving your family, for loving your children fearlessly, and for fighting to be a great mom. This episode is for you. Let's jump right in. All right, friends, I have two very important announcements to share with you today. The first one is Yay! The Hello Mornings book is available on pre order. Now, if you're not familiar with the work that I've done with Hello Mornings, there's a website and an online community called HelloMornings.org. And basically, my heart and the heart of our team is to help women build a life giving, grace filled, Jesus centered morning routine so that they can live purposeful and intentional lives. And we do this really simply by focusing on building the habit first, building the habit. Habit of meeting with him. And we introduced it really simply with a thing that we call the three minute morning. And I've written an entire book about hello mornings about how to build a morning routine, how to start it, how to get that habit going, and how to grow it so that you can have really amazing times with the Lord in the morning so that you can feel intentional and purposeful with the way that you plan your day and so that you can make healthy choices, not just for the sake of being healthy but so that you can live out the things that God has called you to. And this book, Hello Mornings, is being published with Thomas Nelson Publishing and their division called The W Group. And I am so honored and excited. It's been, honestly, like birthing a child. <laughs> I've been working on this book for well over a year and a half, and it's coming out in December. It's available on pre-order now everywhere that you would buy a book. So you can go to BarnesandNoble.com, Walmart.com, Target, Amazon, Family Christian, all those places, place your order now, and I would love for you to be a part of the journey. You're going to hear more about this as the weeks go on and get closer and closer to December the 5th. And ultimately, I just want to help you. If your mornings feel crazy, if you don't feel like you have a handle on things, Jesus is the place to go. And if I can help you build a habit of meeting with him every day, man, that's 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 my heart. So in light of that, in light of all the things that are involved in launching a book, The second big announcement is that I'm going to be taking a hiatus from the Inspired to Action podcast. So don't worry, we have a couple more great episodes coming up for you. One with Sally Clarkson. I know you guys love Sally Clarkson. And if you don't, you will because she's amazing. And I love her and she always leaves me so inspired. But in order to launch this book well, in order to love my family well and to do all the things. I'm taking a brief hiatus or you know, I'm taking a hiatus. We'll just say that I won't make any commitments from the Inspired to Action podcast, but I will be diving deep into the Hello Mornings podcast. If you've not already checked that out, you can check it out. However, you're listening to this on iTunes, on Stitcher, uh, on the website. You can go to org and check it out there. And I would love for you to join us over there. Not only do I have interviews with people, I have one coming up with Katie Davis, the author of Kisses from Katie, and I'm super excited about that one. But we also have daily devotionals. So you can wake up, put your earbuds in, listen to scripture and study God's word just very easily through a simple you know, five-minute podcast. So definitely check us out at hellamornings.org. Now, I've actually already made this announcement to the Inspired to Action email list. And if you're not on that list, can I encourage you to go get on it? Just go over to inspiredtoaction.com forward slash friends and just enter your email address there because I want to keep sending you Encouragement for this journey of motherhood. And I want to make sure that you know about any great interviews that I'm able to do. They probably won't be on the podcast, but they'll just be simple, maybe YouTube videos or whatnot. So please go check that out inspiredaction.com forward slash friends. All right. So today we're talking with Laura Blank from World Vision about the lengths women and children around the world go to for something that we take for granted, and that's water. You and I can just go to our faucet. Probably at this point in time, you're not more than 100 feet from some flowing, clean source of water. But there are so many women and children around the world that have to spend literally hours and walk miles just to get to clean water every single day. We're going to learn a little bit about that from Laura today, and we're going to learn ways that we can teach our children about compassion and empathy, all while making a difference as a family. But first, I want to talk to you about my favorite new time saver. Now, I don't know about you, but the fall comes with a whole lot of craziness. There's crazy schedules and crazy responsibility and crazy homework, and it's just an uphill battle to fight for calm, at least for me. And I can feel like I'm really just falling short in so many areas. But when I can get our family around the table and get good food in them and not have to stress about the meal planning. Y'all, that is the biggest win ever. And that's why I love Dish. It's a super cost-effective weekly meal planning service. And they send me a meal plan and a shopping list and the specific directions for prepping that week's meals so that basically each night making a healthy homemade dinner is Super fast, and it's pretty much as easy as ordering pizza because I do all the work on the weekend in about an hour. And not only that, but Prep Dish has connected their shopping list with Instacart. So if you have Instacart in your area, meal planning and shopping is literally done in a couple of clicks. And you can use all your extra time and energy. To hang out with your kids and to enjoy some peace and calm, maybe read them a book or watch a movie. Now, the folks at Prep Dish want to give you a free two week trial of their service. So just head to inspiredtoaction.com forward slash. Prep Dish. And did I mention that all their meal options are super healthy and they make you feel good about what you're putting on the table? They have actually a variety of different options. They have gluten free, paleo, and dairy free options. So save some time, save some stress, and head over to inspiredtoaction.com forward slash prep dish and get your free two week trial. All right, let's jump into our conversation today with Laura Blank. Laura, thank you so much for being on the Inspired to Action podcast. Thank you for having me. Okay, so just to dive right in, I would love for you to give everyone kind of a Laura Blank 101. Tell us a little bit about you and um, what you do.
1: I would love to. So I, um, my husband and I are based in North Carolina. We have moved a lot. We've been married ten years. Actually, this May uh, we have moved. I think almost ten times in ten years, up and down the East Coast. And actually, we lived abroad in Costa Rica for a year with World Vision. Um, and and now we're in Chapel Hill. We've got two little girls, a three year old and a nine month old. So I drink a lot of coffee these days. <laughs> and so the nine month old still doesn't sleep through the night, which I put. To remind her a lot of when she's about 16. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I've actually been with World Vision for about 10 years as well. So in the fall, it will be uh, 10 years with World Vision. Before that, I was in television news. And, um, you know, for a long time, actually, I have, I think the Lord put it in my heart that I wanted to do something that had two parts to it, had an international focus that was working on. Um, People and culture and travel and and kind of had a global focus, whether that was in my own personal work or in volunteer opportunities, and and also something that combined my faith and my skills together. And I am so grateful that I found that in World Vision. So I was in journalism for a while, and then um, ended up at CNN, and then left as the Lord kind of, I felt that moving when, you know, the Holy Spirit's doing something and you're not sure what it is. You try to take that step of faith. And that was me leaving CNN at the time. And uh, that may be a story for another day. But when I went in to tell my boss that I was leaving, he started crying and I started crying. And then I thought, oh no, I'm making the worst decision of <laughs> <in> my life. <laughs> but I think it was one of those things that turned out to be a really great thing. And I love that where I am now in my mid thirties, raising two little kids and my husband and I have been married long enough that you can look back and see God's hand on your life mm-hmm. in different situations. So now as we're approaching other uh, decisions that we need to make, I just have so much more peace knowing that the Lord is, is there because I can look at His hand in other things that have brought me to different cities I never imagined I would live in or different professional and personal opportunities. And it's just so, it's so comforting <laughs> to know when life feels kind of unexpected. So that's where we are. I'm the director of public relations at World Vision and I've been here for almost 10 years.
0: Okay. So I'm curious, 10 places in 10 years, do you have a favorite? Oh my goodness. You
1: know... I love living in New York city. We lived there. I lived there for about six years. It's where I met my husband. It was my first job out of school. Um, I, I, there's something about that city that is really energizing. So whenever I get to go back for work, I I joke, my husband will kind of text me. And as soon as I land, you have a big smile on your face. Don't you? I just sort of walk around like Mary Tyler Moore in the opening credits of the show, like big smile, looking up at the building. So happy to be there. I love it. And it's funny if you talk to people, they either love it or they hate it you the energy and the you know frenetic pace of the city is really invigorating or some people it's just really exhausting but for me I love it and I actually can't wait till all girls are a little bit older to start taking them to some of these places and and exposing them to that but I think part of the reason that I love New York so much is because I had the opportunity to attend Redeemer Presbyterian Church, which was my church in my 20s, which is Tim Keller's church there. And they are so passionate about the idea of kind of crafting Christian culture in urban areas. Mm -hmm. And that I think I really caught that passion for me. So we live in Chapel Hill now, it is not a big urban area. And I think that, you know, God has different things for us in different seasons. But in that time, when I was in New York, I just loved that idea of being being a Christian in the midst of the culture and influencing the, you know, the the circles of people and communities where the Lord has you. And it's just an exciting
0: place to be too. <laughs> well, we're headed there this summer. So I'll you have to are. Laugh. Oh,
1: I have, I will share with you. I keep this like secret list of fun, free things to do. <laughs> and every time I a like friend it. of mine goes, exactly. I send it to them and I say, these are all these great things in and, and New York. Some of them aren't around anymore, but a lot of them still are. So I'll share it with you. Are you going for fun?
0: Yes, we are. Our family, my listeners are probably like, OK, here she goes again. Uh, my family, <laughs> we're, we're shooting to hit all 48 states in, before my daughter goes to college. So I have three kids, 14, 12 and 10. And okay. uh, so we're hitting New England this summer. So we're doing Boston, Philadelphia, well, New York City. Okay. And we're staying in this really cool, I hope, place <laughs> called <laughs> the Hepsiba House. And
1: it is. I know about it because we stay there when World Vision staff travels to New York. We occasionally will have them stay there. How okay. did you
0: find it? Uh, actually, Sally Clarkson yeah. mentioned that. So oh, great! We're we're just excited because we we'd had a hotel reserved and everything, and then uh, my husband we heard about this and he looked it up, and so he asked the kids, okay, do you want to stay in a hotel that? Might have a swimming pool and has a free breakfast, or do you want to stay in this kind of old house building? But Corey Ten Boom once stayed there, and they're like, "Dad, is that even a question?" Oh, that's awesome! <laughs> I want to stay I where Corey Ten Boom stayed, so that's where we're staying. I love it.
1: Good. Oh, you guys are gonna have fun. Well, we also lived in Boston too, so I should probably just put a massive email together with
0: all my tips. <laughs> I'll just that hand would be it, a fun trip. I'll hand it to my husband, be like, here's our itinerary, dear. That's right. <laughs> okay. Easy, so done. Tell me what, what does it mean to be the public relations director at World Vision and can you kind of personalize that for us? What is it what does it mean to you?
1: Well, so, you know, I left when I left journalism, I left because I felt like there there was something I went into journalism because I I believed very much and I still do that it's about telling the stories of those who don't have an opportunity to share their story and kind of elevating it to a discussion to to others who you know may not know about somebody living in a different part of the country or their experience. So it's about educating and bringing awareness and helping us to kind of understand our neighbor a little bit better. Um, But I I left journalism because I felt like uh, that itch wasn't quite being scratched. I wanted to do something that was a little bit more service oriented. So I was looking for a faith-based organization where I could use communications and and still work with journalists. And so, so that's what I do. Basically, as a public relations director, I tell the stories of World Vision to journalists who help us tell them to people who want to learn more about what we do. Um, personally for me though, I think I was, I was saying earlier, I, when I left CNN, I thought, and it might have been a little bit of my pride. I thought I'm at CNN in New York city. This is the peak. It can't get any better. Um, but the Lord was really moving in me to, to do something different. And so I did. And like I said, I thought I'd made the worst decision of my life. And I spent the first three months at world vision, wringing my hands and convinced that I had tanked my career and I, I hadn't followed the Lord. And what was I doing? And about three months in, I had the opportunity to travel to Ghana with World Vision. It was my first international trip with the, with the organization. And anytime that you anyone starts at World Vision, we always encourage them to get out to the field to see our programs because You know, as much as we talk about serving the poor, um, understanding what it's like to be a voice or to be an advocate, you can't really get that fire in your belly and really become passionate until you see firsthand how these programs are helping to improve people's lives. But also, I think for me, the thing that I love about our model is it's not us going there. You know, it's not an us versus them and us saying we're going to come fix things. The thing that I love about the model that I get to see when I travel is that we come alongside communities and then, and then help them come up with their own solutions to poverty and injustice. And that's what I think is really cool.
0: So specifically, you have a program called the Global 6K. Tell us a little bit about what that is.
1: Yeah, this is so exciting to me because I, I'm a mother of two girls. I am from a family of four girls. And one thing that the 6K does is addresses the injustice that women and girls face every day, Um, because many times in communities in the developing world, they are the ones that have to go find water. And I will tell you something that, yeah. You know, here in the United States, I don't think we really understand what it's like to not have water. But a couple of months ago in North Carolina, we got an alert. I got Friday afternoon, I got this text message. It basically said, like, you cannot drink the water. The city and the county have determined that it's dangerous and unsafe. You can't brush your teeth. You can't do the laundry. You can't take a shower. Nothing. And I started thinking, what am I going to do? How am I going to find water? I can't really dig a well in
0: my backyard.
1: I called the grocery store and they said they were already sold out. And over the course of the next like 12 to 24 hours, I think they stocked and sold out like three times as people were just coming to buy like gallons of water. Uh, and it was interesting for me because it gave me this really tangible experience of what it is, what, you know, in a very small way, what it must be like to actually wake up every morning, especially as a mom with little kids and think, how am I going to get them water? such so this basic need, and and that was so good for me as we're starting this global 6K for water effort, um, which, which you know, you can do anytime. And so the idea is that six kilometers, which is about three and a half miles, is the average distance that a young girl will have to walk every day to try to find water. And even if they get to a water point, often that water is dirty. So they're missing school. Sometimes the walk is dangerous. Um, even getting the water itself can be kind of dangerous if you imagine a water point with a lot of people, possibly animals there. And so we are asking people to walk six kilometers. Um, because every step that we take is one that those girls won't have to in the future. Each $50 registration fee goes to our water programs. So we're so excited. We've got about 23,000 people in 10 different countries who are already signed up to do this, something that you can do in your community anytime. And I like it as a mom of young kids because I referenced my not sleeping situation (laughs) earlier. I feel like I, I personally am so passionate about this concept of kind of being a Matthew 25 family or developing in our family the values of wanting to serve others and being aware of the needs of others just outside of our community here in the U.S. or even globally. Uh, But it's hard to think about ways that, like, how can I do that? How can I help my kids develop empathy and want to serve the poor um, when I feel I'm tapped out and full and busy and tired and all of that? And I like this effort because I think the Global 6K is something you can do on a Saturday morning. It's only an hour and a half. You know, it's not, I don't have to train for a half marathon or a full marathon. Maybe I can do that down the line. But not in this season for me, it's just not gonna happen.
0: <laughs> so what does it look like? somebody's somebody listening is like okay that sounds that sounds pretty interesting what where What do I do? What is the process of it? Is there a, like a starting yeah. line or is it at a certain yeah. place? How does it look so So I think
1: that's the other cool thing about this is you can do this. I'm gonna do it in my neighborhood." Um, with my kids, throw them in the stroller. My sister lives around the corner from us. And we've got some friends who are on our team too, but we've got a virtual team of people in all across the country who've signed up. So you basically go to worldvision6k.org and you register, and then you just map out six kilometers in your neighborhood. So a lot of people do it like the high school track nearby. If you go 15 laps around the track, that's like six kilometers. And so people can do it anywhere. There are a couple of big sites in the United States. There's one in Detroit, one in Kansas City and one in Seattle. But really the concept is that you can do this at any time, anywhere. Um, and, and still make a difference. And that's what I like about it, because it's really accessible for people.
0: You know, I love the timing of this, because I opened up my email this morning, and I happened to get an email, like an email newsletter from mm-hmm. a music uh, a musician named JJ Heller. And I was like, oh, well, I don't know if I should click on this right now, because I'm about to do this interview with Laura. <laughs> but I can't resist, because I just love great music, and JJ makes yeah. great music. So I click on it, and it's this entire song. So you guys need to go check this out. I'll put the link in the show notes. It's for a song called "This Little Light of Mine." It's like a, a version of that song, and it's this video of JJ and her two daughters, and they're doing basically the global six k. They're they're running around this track, and then there's mm-hmm. it cuts to footage of um, these people. Uh, seeing a well-built in their community for the first time and the joy on their faces and the excitement um, about being a part of the process as well. And I was just like, this is just perfect, perfect timing. And it was really inspiring, really, for me just to see the the video of of JJ and her girls doing the very thing. I was like, oh, that's totally doable. I can do that. People sign up for 5Ks all the time for no good reason, for, (laughs) for, 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 for nothing, just to get sprayed with colored dust or whatever it is get a cool t-shirt right but we can do something that's literally going to impact the lives of people just like us That just don't have the same things that we have. And and what a great opportunity. And so I just really encourage you to watch this video because I think there's something to seeing the visual of the impact that it has. Because I I don't know, it's easy to sort of distance ourselves from the actual process of, hey, some people actually don't have water. Some people actually cannot go to their sink and turn it on and let it run for forever while they brush their teeth. (laughs) <laughs> it's really and truly in need, and we can distance ourselves from that. But seeing that video really kind of brought it so much closer. So I love, just love this idea. Um. So where did this, where where did y'all come up with this idea? How did, how did it start?
1: Well, you know, I think the, the idea was that, there are really big numbers when we talk about poverty at World Vision. You know, if I throw out the statistic that 663 million people every day don't have clean water, I can kind of tune out. And I've been working on these things for 10 years. And I think for most people who get involved, it's just such a big number. And we've got like, we're heading to the grocery store and dropping the kids out at school and going to work and doing all things that we go about our day doing. It's kind of hard to imagine well, how am I going to get engaged in that issue? And I think also the other thing is that for, um, a lot of us who are raising children and wanting to develop in them these these characteristics of empathy and understanding um, and caring for the poor, we can't to a child. What am I going to say to my three year old? That's not going to mean anything to her. And so we wanted to come up with some sort of way for people to actively tangibly get involved and this is a great way to do that because you're going out and as you're walking you can have a conversation about why we're doing this together as a family and what does it look like and of course there are age-appropriate ways to do that but it's been interesting actually it's very hot. It's starting to get very hot here in North Carolina, and we are playing a lot outside, playing in the water, playing with a sprinkler. My daughter is three and loves doing this. And one thing that I have started to try to do when she brushes her teeth, she loves to fill up a cup of water. She fills it all the way to the top, and then she takes two sips and dumps the <laughs> out <laughs> because it's fun for her. So I don't want to squash her creativity, but we've just started to kind of have a conversation about why we don't want to do that because we want to share water because sometimes little boys and girls in other parts of the world don't have water like we do. And you can see the wheels in her head sort of starting to get that. But of course, as a three-year-old, she then quickly turns to the other shiny thing in the room and (laughs) gets
0: distracted.
1: But just trying to kind of come up with little ways to, to have those conversations is what I'm trying to do. And that's what I like about what the 6K does too. It's just A small way, it's a one time thing, but it starts that conversation as a family.
0: Mm -hmm. And, you know, I I like that it can kind of hit on so many things because we want to be generous. We want to help people, but sometimes we also just want things for ourselves. We want, you know, and, and I like that this kind of hits on all of those. We can do a 6K and that kind of gets us outside and gets us moving and it helps people and it can create community if we bring other people into it as well. So there's just so many motivations I guess for it you know we can send out an email to a bunch of friends and say hey let's all do this together let's make this a, bu- a fun big event that's not just me not just my family but we can all meet up at the track on whatever day and it can just kind of be a fun thing and then you can have a picnic afterwards or whatever but it, I love how it is not just a one thing where hey I'm just clicking online and giving my money but it's something that I'm actually having to invest my a little bit of my life into hey I'm doing a 6k you can train for it you could tie <laughs> yourself if you wanted to. There's just a lot of ways uh, to go about it and I love how how creative it is. Um yeah,
1: I think that's a great point. You know, we actually will provide so we've got about nine hundred to a thousand people who raised their hand and said, I wanna be a host site. So if you do that, we will provide you with a race in the box, I call it. It basically is this virtual, well, it's not virtual, it's an actual box of goodies you get, like a, uh, you know, cowbells and orange and white pom-poms and race signage and all kinds of things. So you're a host site leader, that means that you are actually gonna set up a race in your neighborhood, at a local track, at the local trail, at the park, wherever it is. And it, exactly what you said, host site leaders, they are so on fire and so excited About this. And they invite the whole community, which is awesome to see. So we've got host sites all over the country. And if you go to the worldvision6k.org site, you can see a map that's been so fun to see since we started promoting this in January. It's become really crowded with all these tiny little blue dots as people are populating and saying, I want to do a host site in my community. so it can be as easy as just, I'm going to do it in my neighborhood. Or you could say, if you wanted to, I'm going to do it as a host site and we're going to get local businesses and schools and churches involved and make it a real a real thing and invite the community. And I think that's really cool.
0: Okay, so I love the practicals of this. Can let's bring it back around to a little bit more of the why. You know, you talked mm-hmm. earlier about elevating stories. What stories can you tell us about people that you've met Um, or even heard about that have been impacted by what World Vision is doing or by water in their community being brought through a well?
1: Well, you know, I think what's, Kind of neat is that at World Vision, I was actually just talking to a colleague uh, the other day who's in Nairobi, and he was he works for World Vision in Kenya. But as a child, he had to walk for water himself, um, and he was sharing with me just his own personal testimony about what it's like to not wake up to wake up and not know where you're going to get water from to brush your teeth, to cook, to do your laundry, to get a shower, um, and and how cool it is how empowering, he feels to be able to then work for an organization that helps bring clean water to others. It's just so, it's so neat. That is, you know, that's not my story. I was born in suburban Ohio, and yeah. didn't have that testimony, but then to hear from others, I have another colleague in Seattle, same story. He's a web developer and he, you know, he works on our website to help tell the stories of world vision through, uh, worldvision.org. But he also grew up in uh, Northern Kenya. And he shared with me how he woke up and had to walk for water every day for his family. And now he's so proud of the fact that he works for World Vision and can help other children. And he's training for the 6K and he's really excited about it. But I think the stories that for me, resonate the most are when i see and hear stories of young children who have to do this walk every day so the story that that i share often is of a little girl named Chiru um who grew up in Kenya as well and and there's a video of her on our website but she's carrying a little teapot and it just is heartbreaking to me because i imagine she's about 5 my daughter is 3 and i imagine what it would be like for me not to be able to say hey go outside and play hey let's go have a play date let's go to story time but Hey, can you get up and go find water for our family? And by doing that, you might have to walk several miles and it could be dangerous. And that water is not even going to be clean. For me as a mom, that really breaks my heart to say, I want to do as much as I can to make sure that little girls like that at that young age who are carrying, you know, a full water can can weigh up to like 40 pounds, which is like the weight of a microwave. So trying to imagine that and just imagine what that would be like for my daughter really makes me want to get more involved in this because... I think, and and this is something that I really think is important to to kind of grasp in this idea of what it means to bring clean water to others. So 25 years ago, about 75% of the world had access to water. Today, it's 91%. That means that we are closing that gap and there's just 9% of the world left who still doesn't have access to clean water. So I'm really encouraged by that because I think it's so easy for us to get caught up in a lot of the bad news. This year has been a difficult year for so many reasons. Um, We see the Syria crisis going on now into the seventh year. There's so much going on that can be really discouraging. So I think it's great to focus on the fact that this is an area that we think we can actually bring water to everybody in the next 10, 20, 30 years. And this is one way to do it. So it is getting better. And we think it can get even better um, over the next couple of years. And there are easy things that we can do to, to try to help.
0: I love that. It's We're talking about a race and that feels like a race. We can see the finish line. We can see the the, the end of the journey. I love that. And and when you were sharing True Story, it really helped me realize that it's really not just about brushing teeth or boiling water for breakfast. It's about their safety. It's about, you know, Mm -hmm. a lot of these girls, probably their ability to then be educated because they're spending all this time walking to get water and then they have to walk to school and and often do they miss the opportunity to, to go to school because they're having to do, you know, take this long journey to get water. And so it's really, it's easy to compartmentalize it into, hey, this is just about having drinking water convenient at your house. No, it's about so, so much more than just that.
1: Well, right. So there is a woman in Zambia who we spoke to, and she was a grandmother. She had 10 children. And over the course of talking to her about her, just her childhood and growing up and what it was like to not have water, she said, you know, I always wanted to be a doctor or a midwife, because I had ten babies and I wanted to be able to bring new life into the world and help other women, but I couldn't go to school because she had to spend eight hours every day walking to just find water and bring it back for her family and It's really hard for me to 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 kind of wrap my mind around what that what that's like because my hope for my children is that they get to fulfill all of their dreams you know they're gonna have dreams that the Lord gives them and gifts and talents and and i'm it's not in my day-to-day worries that I'm thinking, well, they're not going to be able to fulfill those dreams because they've just got to get water for our family. So she was so excited when we were able to, World Vision came to that community and brought a well because it meant for her children and grandchildren that they could fulfill those dreams and the things they wanted to do and pursue an education and go out and make a difference in their own community because they didn't have to worry about trying to find water every day.
0: You know, I'm just going to be so honest here and I, I hope, I'm doing this hopefully because maybe there's a couple listeners thinking the same thing. I, it almost sounds unreal to me, honestly, that somebody, mm. somebody would have to walk eight hours to get water every day. And I'm not saying it's not real. I'm saying I am just um almost embarrassed that I'm so far removed from the reality of what some people's lives are that it's almost unfathomable for me to think that, it you know, somebody has to spend eight hours a day just getting water, just what, you know, that thing that's five feet away from me that I just flipped the little switch mm-hmm. and it comes out. Um, that, that's, that's mind boggling.
1: But I think it's so great that you're honest. And I think it, I think you, I think you will find that more listeners are going to, that's going to resonate with them because, and I think that's actually why this global 6K is really resonating with, you know, 23,000 people and counting, because as people start to learn about it, they go, I can't even believe that this is a problem. And I've heard from a lot of people as they've signed up for the race, they're telling us on social media or emailing us and telling us, I had no idea that this was a problem, but I'm so glad that there's a solution and something that I can do about it, because I think there are other issues that we look at that are so intractable, you know, issues of poverty, like the Syria crisis, just to give an example where we hear these heart wrenching stories of children who are caught in the middle of this crisis. And it does feel like there isn't anything that I can do about it. But this, I think, is different. And this is why it's something that people are really responding to because we know that there are solutions. We have the resources to do it. It's just a matter of mobilizing people and, and financial resources to help close that gap. So I think that's what's so um, something that really resonates with people.
0: And it's sort of it's a core issue as well. So, you know, if, if we can get that that extra nine percent. It doesn't just get people the water. It allows those girls to then go to school. It allows, um, parents to work that much more because they're not trying to find water. It just, it seems like a, a kind of a foundational issue that closing that 9% can change so much more and have even more of an impact than just bringing water to those communities. Yeah,
1: absolutely. You know, I was thinking about this the other day. You know, we hear a lot of times that people say, well, like education is the key to everything. But it really is. Imagine that woman that I was telling you about, the grandmother with 10 children. She may not have had to spend her life trying to find water and care for her family in that way. If she was able to go to school at a young age, maybe they would have been able to have more resources for her children to go to school and to, to have food and clothing and all those basic things. But also, I think it comes down to dignity for The parents, you know, again, going back to me as a mother of two children, if I wasn't able to provide for my kids, that would just be so hard for me Um, because if I had to leave them every day to go find water or to go find food for them. So I think it comes down to also honoring the dignity of the families, Um, taking away that thing that they have to find by providing a water source in the community frees them up to do other things for their for their children Mm -hmm. and I also think like you said it frees children up to go to school it keeps them safer and all those things are are really good things to work towards too
0: so good so good now I know a lot of you listening might be a little bit like me and, and it still feels slightly Detached. It still feels like, Mm -hmm. oh no, I'm afraid that when I hit stop on this podcast, that I'm just going to kind of move on with my life. I'm going to forget about this interview. Maybe, maybe I'll remember it if somebody else mentions it. But I really want to challenge us all to do one thing just you know you don't necessarily have to go sign up for the global 6k right now but i do challenge you to just you know click through to the show notes there should be a link in whatever app you're using uh and 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 click through to the video that jj made um about the global 6k or or click through to the video about Chiru. click through to something and and just kind of step into the lives uh, of people in a situation that it's so hard for us to relate to. So, you know, this is the Inspired to Action podcast, not the Inspired to Think About It podcast. So <laughs> I just want to triple dog dare you to go and do something. Don't just click stop, but do something. And you can even engage your children in it. You know, that video uh, of JJ that JJ has is something that you can watch with your kids. I'm sure. um there are plenty of videos at World Vision that you can also watch with your kids to engage them in it as well. So I challenge you just to, to do something right now and don't don't hit stop until you uh, click through until you share until you do something or talk to your spouse about maybe being a host site for the global 5k but do something. So Laura, where can they find out everything that they need to be a part of this?
1: You can just go to worldvision6k.org, and we've got all of the resources there. And I will tell you, the video that's on that website, the first time I saw it, I got chills. And to me, that was a trigger. I said, you know what, there is something really special about this effort, because Sometimes working on the same issue for a very long time, it's really easy to become cynical or jaded or just sort of like disconnected from the reality of what we're doing. And when I saw that and I got chills and I thought, I'm so excited that I get to be a part of this. So if you do nothing else today but just go to the website and watch the video, like you said, Kat, I think that's a great challenge. I love the throwdown. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm kind of all about throwdowns. So, <laughs> Laura, thank you so much for joining us today on the podcast. I really appreciate your time and for sharing. Just your passion for this purpose.
1: Thanks for having
0: me. All right. Thanks so much. Bye. Well, that's all that we have for today's episode of the Inspired to Action podcast.
1: It's going to be a good day, a good day filled with His grace, His grace and sweet new mercies. May my thoughts obey Jesus to walk in His way.